0: Well, 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 welcome back to Parent Q Live. Hey friends, how are we today? I hope you're doing great. I'm doing great. My name is Carlos Whitaker and I am the host here at Parent Q Live. And today, um, today we get to tickle your fancy because we're going to be speaking with somebody that even if he has nothing good to say, which he does, but even if he didn't, you'd want to listen to him all day long. Why? Well, that's because... Dave Adamson is from Australia and I don't know about you but I just love to listen to Australians speak but when those Australians actually have something valuable to add to your life it takes it up 100 levels and that's what we have going on today listen Dave Adamson he is the dad to three girls we just need to get that 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 out on the table right away three girls he couldn't make a boy he just made girls and you know I think more power to the man so you know that this guy is in touch with some feelings that maybe some of us aren't He's also the social media pastor at North Point Church in Atlanta, Georgia, or Alpharetta. North Point kind of spreads its wings all across the southeast, so I don't really know, don't know where they are, but he's the social media pastor there. So uh, excited to even talk about what, what that even means with Dave today. That, that'll be fun. He's also, he's an author, and he's an absolutely incredible photographer. So today what he's going to be talking about is social media and parenting, guys. This is this is a big one. This is the one where go ahead, pause the podcast, go call your significant other, uh, get grandma, grandpa on the phone, aunts and uncles. This is the one that you all want to sit around the campfire and listen to together because this is absolutely vital to parenting our kids well these days. Social media and parenting. Without further ado, sit back, relax, and welcome our own version of Crocodile Dundee, Dave Adamson.
1: Dave, it's so exciting to have you here with us for this conversation today on Parent Q.
2: I'm glad to be here.
1: Now, you're a father to three girls, three daughters, and what are their ages?
2: So I've got a 13-year-old, a a 15-year-old, and a 17-year-old. So yeah, a house full of girls, um, Stranger Things at Our House is not a TV show. It is what happens on Saturday morning (laughs) after a great Friday night, and then everything turns on Saturday morning.
1: So some emotions.
2: Big time emotions. (laughs) And I'm always left going, I don't know what just happened. And my wife comes down and fills me in on on the ins and outs (laughs) of what happened. Yeah, it's good.
1: Those kinds of things have kind of stayed consistent throughout time. If I look back to even my own life being 13, 15, and 17, some of that sounds familiar. But you're here to talk to us today about something that's totally different. Yeah. And that's parenting in a world with social media. Mm. And when we were 13, 15, 17 that just didn't exist so our parents didn't have to go through this the same way what well, what has changed or what's new
2: yeah, so I, this is a question that I get asked all the time. I work in social media. I work in uh, for a church and I do church social media. And one of the questions I always get asked is, you know, how much should I let my kids be on social media um, or how do I have time to get on social media if I'm a parent? And and my response is always the same. It, it's typically, I, um, I don't think you can parent in the modern age without social media. Mm. And that's because we, when I say we, my wife and I, we found it such a help Benefit for our kids um, that allows us to track them a little bit more. That tells us where, you know, we find out what's going on at school because they will post an Instagram story and we know that uh, our. 15-year-old push some kid over in a chair because she posted it to Instagram because she wasn't thinking, but she did it anyway. So we have much in, much more in-depth conversations because of social media than I think I ever did with my parents because my parents just never found out what, what we were doing <laughs> at school. You know, uh, you would get on your bike first thing in the morning and you wouldn't come back till the sun came down. Yeah. Whereas when, if my kids were to do that, we could, well, any kid these days, we, the parents could track them um, and keep, in, keep up with what they're doing. So I, I think it's a huge benefit. We have this huge advantage. It's not a disadvantage that our kids are on social media. It's a massive advantage that they're on social media.
1: You said so many things right there. So I can't wait to unpack a lot of them. First one though, you said was that you can't parent without being on social media. So yeah. the first question I have in my mind when I hear you say that is, at what age? Like my toddler is not on Twitter, Mm. or doesn't have a Twitter account that they're aware of. So at what age does that become really pertinent or really relevant to parenting?
2: Yeah, I think it's teenage years. um, And I say that because I'm a real rule follower when it comes to social media. So my kids did not get a social media account until they met the requirements of whatever that channel was. So for Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, it's around the 14 year old mark. And so we didn't let our kids uh, have social media until then. And that's because we were setting up a, a level of integrity they would have to lie and click the button mm-hmm. to say they were older than what they were in order to get that account at 11 or 10 or something like that. And we said, no, you don't lie. If you lie on this form signing up mm-hmm. for social media, what else are you going to lie for? So we, we were not going to encourage that. So for us, it started when our kids turned about 13 and they got their first social media account. And we let them choose what that was. And all of them, it was Instagram.
1: So when they choose to be on social media, when they open their first social media account, All of a sudden, then you would say it's mandatory for you as a parent to be on that hundred percent agree on that same account. Hundred
2: percent, and you need to. So one of the rules we have is is uh, we have to they have to follow us, and we have to follow them. That's great. So what that does is it just opens up the conversation a little bit more because. Um, what, what we've noticed is we've been able to be privy to conversations between our daughters and their girlfriends, for example, mm. that we otherwise might not have been uh, privy to. So, for example, you know, one of my daughters, I remember one time she posted a, a selfie. Mm-hmm. She just had her hair cut and, you know, a couple of her friends started, uh, you know, commenting about how you know, beautiful she was or how much they loved her hair cut. And then somebody uh, wrote the number four. And that mm-hmm. was it. And then there was a couple of comments after that about you know, the person who posted the number four being so mean. And I, so I said to her when she got home, hey, what was that number four about? And she said, oh, that was just a guy at school who rated me out of 10. Oh, wow. Can you imagine the conversation that that allowed me to have that wow. I otherwise would not have had? Mm-hmm. I got a chance to talk to her about well, for a start, screw that guy right. um, <laughs> and don't listen to him ever yeah. again. But it allowed me to say, no, in our eyes, you're a 10. It's got nothing to do with what the picture or what the content of your post was. It's got to do with what the content of your character is. Oh. And so we were able to fill that gap that otherwise we wouldn't have known that there was a gap. She might've kept that to herself.
1: And that's a barometer into the emotional status of your home. Back totally. to your beginning of maybe the emotions are, you know, up or down or in between, but it helps you understand or interpret potentially where that may be coming
2: from. Exactly. And it, it also helps us, you know, we've, we've seen friends post certain st- things that has led to us having a conversation of, Hey, what do you think about that girl, Kristen? Like, mm. what did she, she just wrote something interesting on your Facebook wall or your Instagram post. What do you, what do you think of her? And then it allows uh, her t- to define the relationship with us so we can figure out where we need to navigate if we need to navigate that conversation. Um, so it makes us more aware of the friends that they're choosing. It makes us more aware of the encouragement or discouragement that they're getting and we're able to have much more in-depth conversations at the end of every day because of what we do on social media and because of what we see
1: so another thing that you said earlier and you kind of keep referring to is our ability to track our kids our ability to see where they are to listen to what they're talking about i mean where are your lines or how do you define um where a kid has privacy and where it's absolutely our responsibility as parents to lean in, know what's going on, be a part of the conversation. Um, How do you navigate those waters?
2: Well, I, my general rule of thumb is if they posted it on a social media platform, then they didn't <laughs> want it to be private. Um, you know, our, our girls all have doors and they all close their doors and we've learned that they're not doing anything necessarily dangerous behind those closed doors. But if they're posting something to social media, it's because they're trying to get a reaction or they're trying to make a statement or because they're trying to get something out into the public about how they feel. So we don't feel in any way like we're doing them a disservice by, or you, we're invading their privacy. Because the reality is, um, you know, Kristen, you could see what my daughter posts on social right. media, and you don't have a relationship with the the postman could see what she posts on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so because it becomes public to everybody else, it becomes a conversation, a topic of conversation for us. So we don't see it as a, a privacy issue at all.
1: That's great. And then you have some interesting rules in your own house to set up some limits or guardrails around um, how you use devices, how you use um, smartphones and accounts. Talk to us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, guardrails would be the way that I would describe it, um, because for us, it's all about recognizing that our family comes first. And so one of the major rules we have is that every device gets shut off at 8 p.m. Um, and that allows us to have dinner and have some time together before that they, you know, before the girls will go to bed where well, we can just interact as a family. An extension of that is every Friday. At, so at wait, wait,
1: wait, that means you turn off your devices as well.
2: That's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> yes. Now we try, we try, um, but you know, w- with what I do and what my wife does there's times that we have to pick it up, but the girls will call us out on it. The girls <laughs> will get into us and say, Hey, it's after eight o'clock. What, what are you doing there? Where, Where they particularly get into us is... So we have an extension of that is every Friday at about 6pm, we're not really, you know, legalistic about it, but around 6pm every Friday until 6pm every Saturday, Mm -hmm. it's a 24 hour device free zone, unless uh, we're communicating with somebody about an event that has to come up. So if the girls have got a party, they might need to text their friends. Um, But otherwise, it's completely device free from 6pm Friday to 6pm Saturday. Again, not legalistic. But for us, it's just the opportunity to have some family time. So we typically, you know, turn it into an event, we have friday night movie nights you know which is awesome i got a you know 13 15 and 17 year old and they still want to watch movies with us so we turn that into a big event but if i'm on my phone at Mm. all past a once all the phones go into a basket and that basket gets put up on a shelf my gosh they're all over me so Mm. so having that downtime from social media from our devices is a huge thing for us another part of it is when eight o'clock comes and the girls are off their devices they all go upstairs into my wife and my bedroom And all the devices get charged in our room so what that means is they're not, they're not able to sneak around and get their phones back and get on after 8 o'clock we really want to try to minimize that but another thing is you know we have another rule where every device in our house has exactly the same passcode so my, my girls know my passcode to my phone and my iPad I know the passcode to all of theirs and so what happens at 8 o'clock once the girls are in bed we have the opportunity to go through their phones and just check hey how's everything going now is that an invasion of privacy no because we own the phone and we pay for the phone and we say part of the stipulation for you getting the phone is that we're going to shut it off at this point and we're going to have the opportunity to go through your phone to see what you, you know make sure everything's above board and that you're not getting bullied or cyber bullied or anything like that but likewise the girls can go through my phone um and that is a that has become such a powerful tool that when we made this rule i didn't realize it would be as powerful as it is because you know every time that um every time we have a conversation to them about some content on their phone, I always use the, the analogy of, hey, you can look through my phone and I can t- guarantee you, you won't see anything that I wouldn't be happy with you seeing. Mm. Um, and I didn't realize that when we set this rule in place, but I see the girls really uh, take that on board. And personally, as a guy, And as a dad, I mean, I have more access to pornography now than anybody in the history of time, right? Right. So it is a great level of accountability to know that my Mm -hmm. daughters can see what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just helpful from that point of view. That's just another byproduct of it.
1: And everybody knows ahead of time. So there's expectations. They know it's not like you're sneaking onto their phone. They're fully aware you're going to look at their phone.
2: Fully aware. And it's led to some, I mean, we've found some stuff that we've had to pull them into our room and have a conversation about in, into the wee hours of the morning um, and, and disseminate what actually they're looking at and why they looked at it and how it got onto their phone. So it's led to some of those conversations, which are tough conversations, which otherwise we wouldn't have had if we didn't have that rule and didn't lay that rule down at the, right at the front end.
1: These are all such great impractical things. I just I want to come back to this episode as my kids get older mm. um, to reference it for some limits and um, things that we can put in guardrails in our own home. But I want to go back to another thing that you said too where you when you started the conversation about the importance of parents being on social media and watching the conversations their kids are having and really leveraging social media in a positive way because yep. you've done some amazing things in your own home to take advantage of some opportunities we have as parents. Mm now that we've never had before yeah. in terms of how we leverage those social platforms. yeah. Tell us about how you do that.
2: Yeah, look, these, uh, you know, social media is a great tool for parents to leverage if we go into it with the right frame of mind. So, you know, some of the things that are important to know is that more than 80% of uh, teenagers use Instagram, Snapchat, and Facebook daily.
1: Wait, what was that percent? 80%. That is a lot. Yeah,
2: that is a lot. Well, sixty-five percent of teenagers use Twitter daily. Now, this is one of those platforms that we thought maybe kids were getting off, but no, all indications are that they're they're heading into Twitter as well. Sixty seven percent of teens, this is this is one that I love. Sixty seven percent of teens believe they can learn anything they need to know about life from YouTube. <laughs> People don't count YouTube as a social media, but it's actually like, it's the second biggest search engine in the world. So does
1: that mean if I'm a dad, I could create a YouTube channel to tell my kid everything that I want them to listen? That
2: is exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) I've literally, I've literally done that. I've, I've switched the way that I have changed, uh, use, I've switched the way that I use my own social media to use it as a dad, recognizing that, you know, this is going to be online for as long as there's an internet. And so, you know, one of the things I always do, I always tell my kids is, you know, when, once I've gone and I've died, everything I've, I know about Jesus, you'll be able to find on my Instagram account <laughs> or on my YouTube account. Wow. So it becomes this repository of information and knowledge and stuff that I would want to share with them. So recognizing that this is where kids are it's clear to me that this is where this is where parents need to be. Um, wow. So yeah, I've got an Instagram account where I write down devotions for my kids. I've got a YouTube account where I do the same sort of thing, and I create videos and I bring my kids into it. And I, and you know, I my my fifteen-year-old is my editor, so she's the one who's constantly going. You need to do this or chop that a little bit shorter. Or you, essentially, she's not the editor; she's the executive producer now that I think <laughs> of it. Um, and, and even on my Twitter some of my Twitter stuff you know, I, I just use hashtags uh, the hashtag stuff I wish my daughters knew because I want to make it easy for them mm. to find that stuff at, uh, at a certain point and mm. I'd like to think that um, that they, they go through my Twitter account and look up that hashtag just to find mm. some words of wisdom from dad or something along those lines but it's not done in a sit down let me tell you a story sort of way it's done in a, in a way that they're already accessing so it's just as parents we need to we need to like uh, merge in, like use social media as an on-ramp to mm. to build a deeper relationship with our kids. It's not replacing the relationship. It's just allowing us to have conversations that we otherwise wouldn't have.
1: That's amazing. And you can do that now in social media in different ways that are specifically relevant to your kids, right yes. Because some kids may resonate more with video or some kids may resonate more with you know hashtags and short lines on Twitter or images, or you can play to, I guess, the kind of information.
2: Yeah, right? exactly. So, so, uh, you know, a good example of that is my youngest daughter has dyslexia. Absolutely loves Jesus. She's like the prayer in our family. She's the kid who cries during worship. I think every youth camp she goes on, she accepts Jesus one more time just to make sure it sticks. But, but she really struggles reading the Bible because of her dyslexia. Um, so, you know, this is something that I stumbled onto maybe two and a half years ago now, um, I would get up in the morning with her, making her breakfast, making her lunch for school, and you know we've got. I'm a photographer. and We've got photos around the house that I've, I've taken and printed, and um, I just one day I, I was talking to her about Psalm 23, and I just pointed to this picture that I have of a Georgia countryside. And I, I read the psalm to her and, and she looked at the picture and she said, yeah, that, that looks like it. And so I was mm-hmm. able to, to break down that lesson that we learn about G, uh, you know God being our provider, God being our shepherd, and she visualized it as well. And then that led to another one and another one. And when I noticed that she started to recite these Uh, psalms and and these lessons back to us over dinner over the next couple of months, I realized that it had stuck in her brain because she's a visual learner and so from that moment I just stopped posting pictures of my food and pictures of my feet sitting by the pool, you know, on my Instagram feed and I literally just started posting my own photos and devotions that I would share with her and I mean, I saw this thing go from 600 followers to 32,000 followers in the space of like a year and a bit Because I realized that there are a lot of people out there who want that same visual experience when they're learning. And the great thing is, I don't think that this is abnormal. I think this is, you know, this is scriptural. If you Mm. look at Hebrew, Hebrew is a language that is so picturesque and so symbolic. And every word is like a photo that creates this image around the concept or around the idea. I'm just leveraging my DSLR to do exactly the same thing that, you know, the hate writers of the no, wait, scriptures did. Wait, is a did.
1: DSLR a new social media platform I should know about?
2: No, that's just my camera. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just my camera. It's, it should be a new one.
1: So how do you make time to do this? I mean, as a dad, I know you have a job and a career and, and you've got all the relationships you're managing. How do you find time to do all the social media that you feel like you need to do for your daughters?
2: Well, you know, A, I make it a priority because this is part of my parenting style. It's part of, it enhances what I do as a parent. Um, And, you know, it it allows me, you know, as parents, and and you probably know this way better than I do and you've probably got better stats than I do, but I know that when my kids are at school, Mm -hmm. the teachers at school probably see them more than I do, probably spend more Mm -hmm. time with them than I do, right? Mm -hmm. On any given week. Um, So I want to leverage the time that I've got as well as I can. So in the mornings when I get a chance to talk to him, that's great. And, you know, we have dinner at our house, you know, around the table, we get that opportunity as well. But I don't want to miss that chunk of time between 8 a.m. and 4 p.m. Wow. So I leverage my social media in those times to, to keep parenting, to keep being dad in their life and keep that relationship enhanced. Um, so I, the, the way that I do that is, A, I make it a priority. B, I schedule everything. Um, so most of my tweets that I send out are scheduled months and months and months in advance. So I just find some time, Usually on a Friday when I've, I'm not working, I sit down for half a day with a cup of coffee, maybe go to a cafe, and I pre-schedule all these stuff that I wish my kids, wish I could tell my kids. Um, and yeah, I do most of it that way.
1: So I'm going to get really practical, and I yeah. know we're not paid to promote any of these things, but I just want to know, because I'm kind of socially, not socially challenged, I'm social, social media, media challenged. challenged. <laughs> um, so when you say schedule a tweet, yeah. how do you, what are some platforms that you use to schedule tweets and Instagrams and Facebooks and th- the things that you're talking about? Yeah. What are, how do you do that?
2: Well, the two most uh, the, the two most known ones for Twitter are Hootsuite and Buffer. Um, I use – I say Buffer, buffer? but is
1: it's it, – Is it ended in an A? I
2: was just about to spell it so everybody <laughs> knew. Uh, B-U-F-F-E-R-R. Uh, that's the one that I use, and that's just because the interface is really um, – really easy to understand and and so it does everything that I need it to do. So I use Buffer to schedule all my tweets and I'm literally scheduled out half the year and that's because I sat down one day and just wrote them all out and then now as I find new great quotes in a book or if I you know, if I'm hanging out with you and you drop some sort of parenting wisdom on me, I just write that down in a tweet. I mean, it happened before, right? I yeah. said, oh, I'm going to tweet that. <laughs> so I literally write yeah. it down and then I put it into the schedule and it just pushes it out when whenever I've scheduled it to. You can now schedule Instagram as well. This is a brand new thing. Um, so a, play, a platform like Hootsuite will allow you to uh, pre-schedule all of your photos and and content for Instagram now as well. So I do that all the time now too. Like I'm like two weeks out. Uh, whereas I used to have to do it every single day. Now I sit down one afternoon, write two weeks of them out and then I just schedule them all to go.
1: That's amazing. And you have completely, in my mind, shifted I, I'm, the way that I think about parenting, especially in a digital world, in a social media world for teenagers, just how much potential yeah. there really is. And for a long time... You know, when you talk about the limited amount of time that you have with your daughters, and yeah. specifically this phase—middle of middle school, high school, probably going off yeah. um, postgraduate soon—that um, we've traditionally looked at those hours and gone, "You have diminishing number of hours or amount of time with your kids." And I can't count the number of parents that say, "You know, I don't have a lot of time with them anymore. Mm. I don't know where they are. Mm. They're so busy. We don't really have a lot of quality moments together," and yet. When I listen to you, there's so much hope for continuing to build that relationship, just yeah. in a new way.
2: Yeah, and and I I see it like this. Have you ever Have you ever been down to the beach like like a real surf beach? I know they don't have them in Georgia. <laughs> in Australia, where I'm from, we have real <laughs> surf beaches, like six foot waves. And I remember, like when you're a kid and you run out into the wave, um, when when you're just standing there and the wave hits you, it, it knocks you over, right? Mm-hmm. And you get thrown around. You get tossed. Tossed about. I really see social media like those waves. And so we have the opportunity as as a parent to try to put our hand up and say, waves don't come. Mm. Um, And the wave's just going to knock us over and we're going to, you know, Mm. we're going to get thrown back up onto the shore. Or we have the opportunity to turn around Mm. and you, know, you don't even need a surfboard, right? You can just right. body surf and right. you can go with the wave. So we either have an opportunity to fight the wave and say, I'm not going to be on social media. My kids are... No, the, your kids are going to be on social media. Right. At some point, right. they are going to be on it. So you have the opportunity. You either need to, st- You either choose to stand up and fight against it or you just learn to ride that wave hmm. and travel along with your kid. And I guarantee... Well, I like to think... That years from now, my kids are going to look back and say, My dad was more invested more of the time because he was constantly connecting with us on social media, liking my posts, uh, making comments. And my, my friends got to know him as well because, you know, my, what's, what started to happen is my, uh, my daughter's friends will start following me on social media as well and they comment all the time on stuff. So I've gotten to know a lot more kids and I've gotten to know my daughter a little bit more, my daughters a little bit more because of social media.
1: There's so many takeaways when I think about this conversation for parents. But if you were looking across the table <laughs> at a parent like me, who is maybe not really social media savvy, mm. and you were saying, okay, when your kid gets on that first social media platform, what? So if you have a kid, you know, they're 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, they're in this um, older range. What is one thing that you would say? here's something you could start doing this week that would make a difference in the way that you leverage social media to parent your kid.
2: So I will give you one practical thing and then one overarching thing. So the practical thing I would say is just use a hashtag. Um, what, what, what's one of your kid's names? Hensley. Hensley? Mm-hmm. Okay, so just use the hashtag, my daughter Hensley. If you just use that hashtag whenever you tweet it. So it
1: doesn't have to have alliteration or rhyming or no. catchy or, no. or like okay. The
2: great thing is a name like Hensley there's not going to be a whole bunch of them mm-hmm. around but you can just start writing your wisdom into tw- into tweets. Mm. And hashtag it, my daughter Hensley, and then twenty years from now the payoff will come when she starts realizing that you've been doing this. It's, it's like getting letters from you, you. It's like getting a letter from your mum on a regular basis, you know. What I mean? But you find that box, that shoebox, twenty years later. Well, she'll be able to go back, and for as long as there's an internet, she'll be able to do that. So I would say the first practical thing. Just leverage a hashtag and it doesn't have to be my daughter Hensley or it doesn't have to be my daughter Chelsea. You just come up with something that you do, that you use. For me, it's stuff I want my daughters to know. That's great. Now, can anybody else use that? Yes. But when they see my name, they're going to know. So that would be the one practical thing. The overarching thing I would say is this. Leveraging social media and leveraging it as a parent will make you more efficient and more effective as a parent. Mm. Using social media will make you more efficient and more effective as a parent. Effective because you have the opportunity to be in their life for more hours of every day. Mm. You actually get a chance to be in their pocket on their cell phone mm. during the middle of the day. Um, and it makes you more efficient because you know some conversations that you can have in 140 characters or 280 characters mm. um, get straight to the point of an issue rather than hunting around. Um, You can see the interaction that your friends, that your daughter's friends or your kids' friends are having with each other. So you become more efficient in understanding what the dynamics of relationships are. So it's been super helpful for us.
1: Thank you so much for being here and having this conversation. I know this is going to be helpful um, for a lot of parents, as I'm looking forward to these days with my own kids where they have their social media platforms, I'm taking down notes as fast as I can. So th- thank you so much for your time, for your wisdom and insight, uh, and for just leading the way on how to parent. Through
2: sort of media. It's a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Let's give a round of applause to Davey. Absolutely incredible conversation. You know, Whenever I start doing accents, it my all my Australian friends say that I automatically go to British, and then my British friends say that I don't sound British. So I apologize for that, but I won't apologize for all of the incredible, incredible content that Dave just gave us, guys. There were all all sorts of cues coming at us there, but that probably the most resounding, clanging symbol of a cue that I think I would love for all of us to make sure we do. Okay, is well, A, let's not be scared of social media. So, so before we can get to the cue, we all have to understand that social media, um, as scary as it may look, can be something that can benefit our families. Now, how can we do that? Well, here's the cue that Dave gives us. What I love that he does is he uses a hashtag when he posts advice or memories online for his kids. So, you know, you can make up your own hashtag, okay? Just make sure it's not a generic hashtag like little boy or something like that, because then it'll get lost in the abyss of the little boy hashtags. Make it specific. So let, I'll give you myself, for example. What I learned from this is that the cue I'm going to take is I'm going to start writing my son, Losaya some advice on Twitter. And I'm going to use the advice just so you guys can make sure I do this. Advice to Losaya. There it is. I mean, I know that's really complicated, but I'm just going to start throwing some of these nuggets out there. And then what's cool is he's 11 years old now. By the time he's 18, if I stay consistent, there will be all of these nuggets of wisdom from his father that um, that will be aggregated in one simple spot for him to see. Um, don't just use social media. Again, we're not just wanting to use it to capture memories, but we can use it to be proactive in our parenting. Now, some of you guys may be thinking to yourself, well, Carlos or Carlos, I I'm just not going to do social media. I'm just not going to do it. I don't know what a hashtag is. I don't want to know what a hashtag is. Well, you know what? There's stuff that you can do too. There's uh, a teammate here, uh, here w- w- when it comes to parent ParentQ on our team here, that actually, what she does is she has created an email address for each of her kids. And this email address is not yet accessible to her kids. So when her kids turn 18, she will hand over the password and She's emailing memories. She's emailing advice. She's emailing pictures. She's emailing all sorts of things to this email address that her kids will get when they're 18. And talk about an incredible gift with so much um, just love that's going to be on there for them to see. I I can only imagine if if something like that happened for uh, my parents. And, of course, we didn't have email when I was growing up. That shows you how old I was. So, again, you don't have to be into social media. You can do this with email as well. Just, again, the big picture is find a way to digitally allow social media and just digital tools to help you in parenting your kids. That, that That's all we want you guys to do here at Parent Q Live. So thanks again, Dave, for A, the accent, but B, all the parenting advice that we got. Listen, we're going to have a recap of this episode over at theparentq.org. So please head on over there if you want the show notes, if you want to find out more about what's happening. We don't just have um, the podcast. When it comes to Parent Q, we've got blogs, we've got videos, we've got Facebook pages, we've got Instagram, we've got all sorts of stuff, and you guys can head over to the ParentQ.org to find out where you can head to get all that information. So, thank you guys so much for listening to Parent Q Live. Again, I think this is going to be a podcast that you guys let's go and let this be our action item uh, ourselves, not our parenting action item, but an action item. Share this podcast, this specific episode with some friends. Let's get some traction around this conversation. Don't be scared of social media. And uh, as always, guys, thank you so much uh, for listening. Head over to iTunes or, oh my gosh, this episode is actually on Spotify as well. If you guys are listening to this on Spotify, I don't even know how that works. Can you leave a rating on Spotify? Who knows? But Thank you for listening to Spotify. Like a round of applause for all the Spotify listeners. Um, but head to iTunes, leave us a review. Uh, let people know that you can now listen to this absolutely everywhere. If you go to AM540 in Omaha, Texas, I'm sure this podcast will be on there. So we're just taking over the airwaves, the podcast waves, from the entire team at Parent Q Live. Carlos Enrique with Yair Guzman Alcibo Cabello saying thanks for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>